Hello and welcome back to The Shakedown, an F1 and most sports learning podcast. My name is Ellie and along with Moni and Hannah, we are learning about F1 and many other motorsport series too. In this episode, we are quizzing Moni on all we've learned in 2023, featuring topics from some of our favourite episodes. Then we round up some news in the world of F1 and look ahead to next week. As always, if you want to get in touch or have suggestions of things you want to know about, you can find us on Instagram at prettygirlf one Club and on Twitter at PGF1C. Or you can follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. But for now, enjoy! And hello everybody and welcome back to The Shakedown. By now, you've probably heard of our side quest, the Academy, and I hope you enjoyed our first episode. If you haven't, if you check out your news feed, you should see something with a maybe slightly different logo, which is our new Shakedown Academy, which focuses on F2, on the feeder series, and just giving a bit of dedicated time and space to information about those. So we've done our first episode, which is a roundup of F2 2023, uh, looking at the final season, oh, sorry, the final race in Abu Dhabi, and also sort of talking a bit about testing, talking about rumours for next year, and where everyone's going to be. So we hope you really enjoy those. There is a poll on there and a question box for things that we would love to hear from you guys as to what you want to know about and what you uh, would like us to talk about in future episodes. So yeah, looking forward to hearing from all of you. We love to connect with our listeners. So yeah, really looking forward to doing that. Yeah. Now today, today we have probably the episode that I have most been looking forward to since we first talked about this episode. In part because I think it's a phenomenal opportunity to sort of see how we're doing as a podcast so what we're going to do today is today we have the very first and it will not be the last but the first shakedown quiz now what we're going to do is i have prepared some questions hannah is aware of some of them but not all of them and molly has honestly absolutely no idea what i'm about to ask her and this was molly's suggestion for her as the newest fan at the three of us to take the opportunity to go okay well we're a learning podcast that is our focus that is what we are about that's what we've really wanted to give time to this year is is focusing on learning so now we find out how good we are at teaching because we're going to find out whether or not Molly has learned anything (laughs) this year now (laughs) this could be like a really bad episode (laughs) this could be like a terrible advert for us as a podcast but hopefully not Hopefully it is all exciting stuff and we realise how much we've learned this year and also get to revisit some stuff. So what I've done is I've gone through all our previous episodes. So I take notes, I make notes for whatever we're talking about. And I've gone through all of my notes and populated 20, 30 questions from them. And so Mon, I'm going to ask you the question and then I'm going to come to Hannah for the answer. We're going to see how we get on and it's going to be fun and it's going to be good. So any questions before we start? I might regret bringing this up as an idea, but here we are. Here we are. This reflects more on us than it does on you as <laughs> teachers, okay? So this is yeah. not, this is this is on us. This is more nerve-wracking for us than it is for you, okay? Um, <laughs> Which is also, why I say it could be a terrible advert for us as a podcast. Also, for those that said that this was mean, mom, I'm, it was Monica's idea. So yeah. we're not trying idea. to be mean. <laughs> Yeah, Mrs. Hannah's mom. It, I was the one that suggested this. I said this. I said, it'll be fun. It'll be funsies to do. Like, ha, ha, ha. Funs and giggles. Let's find out. So here we are. We're about to have some fun and giggles. So, Mon, are you ready? I guess I am. Now, I'm going to start as I mean to go on. And you know I believe in you. You know I believe in your success. <laughs> so question number one. Oh, God. 
who won the 2023 F1 World Drivers Championship? Oh, Max Verstappen. For a bonus point, how many points did he receive? 525. Oh, he was so close. Oh, no. I know the answer. We covered this in our episode last week. I know, that's you know the answer. Hannah? I don't remember the number. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to well, you. I don't remember the exact number. I just remember the, the Constructors Championship was 826. Something like that. It was. And of that, Max Verstappen scored 575. Now, I'll let oh. you look on stats, because stats are one of those things that you... Sometimes you have a brain for it, sometimes you don't. But yes, Max Verstappen won. Anyone with 575 points. So I think that's good. I, I feel like that was a relatively straightforward question to start with, I hope. Question number two. What year did F2 launch to replace GP2? We covered this in our F2 and F3 episode. We talked about when this started. Can you remember what year this launched to replace a former one of GP2? 2016? 15? 17? Yes, 27. Oh my gosh, well done. Look, I knew it was like Pierre, George, and them were still in there. So I was like, it can't be that far along. So I was either, those were my yeah. three numbers. It was either 15, 16, or 17 were my guesses. Yeah, so Pierre was the last winner of GP2 in 2016. But the next question is, can you name three F2 winners? So not GP2, three people who've won F2. You've got seven to choose from. Did George Taylor. win his year? Start with last year. We've just finished the year. She got one. She got one. George, Felipe, and then Tia Portia just won it. <laughs> there you go. Amazing. There you go. Hannah, can you fill in the blanks of the other four? So we have Oscar. Mm-hmm. We have... All right, so, okay. So let me go backwards. Let me, let me, let me do this chronically because mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Not chronic, chronicle order. 23, Teo. 22, Felipe. 21, Oscar. 20, Mick. Yep. 19. It rhymes with Mick. Oh, Nick DeVries. Yep. 18 was... Mon guessed it. Oh, Mon did guess that one. So I, so then it was... Wait, what George Russell. Actually? Oh, George Russell. George yeah. Russell. Okay. So I was trying to think of like... Because I was trying to align... This is me and my brain and how it works. I have to align the F1 seasons with their rookie seasons, and that takes a minute. Exactly. <laughs> who were the 2019 rookies? Therefore, that was the 2018 winner. So who was the 2018 rookie that therefore was the 2017 inaugural winner? Charles. No. No. Charles. Was it Charles? Yeah, Charles, yeah, because he was 2018 yeah. rookie. I was like, for some yeah. reason, I thought he was 2017 for a second. <laughs> no. no. So, yeah. So there you go. Very good. I'm impressed. Well done. Okay. Now, let's think yourself back. Take yourself back to earlier in the year. We had a delightful race at Albert Park in Australia. And in Australia, we saw a record number of red flags. Can you remember how many record number of red flags were there? Wasn't it six? Six or seven? Well, quite that record number. Down? Lower than five? Four? Was it three then? (laughs) Yeah, well done. There were three. Hannah, can you remember them all? I slept through most of this race. First one was K Mag. Second one, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it was middle of the night. Come on. I was at WrestleMania, so. <laughs> like, legitly in WrestleMania. First one was K Mag hitting the wall. Second one was Pierre and Ocon hitting. No, they were third. Well, that was technically third. third. 
technically they were third, but they were also not the only ones that hit the wall. And no, then, but that was the third. And Alex, Alex was the second one. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay, so there are seven street circuits that F one has raced on this year. Can you name four of them? Vegas, Monaco. Yep. yep. Baku, Singapore. Yes. There you go. Hannah, can you fill in the other three? She said Vegas, Monaco, Baku, Singapore. Are we counting Miami? Yep. Okay. You said. Are we counting Canada? Nope. Okay. And we're not counting Abu Dhabi either. No, they're they're hybrids, but not pure street track. Asking the questions. Yep. (laughs) So let me think real quick. So. Australia is not a street circuit. Australia is a street circuit. Albert Park. Well done. Albert Park and. Start of the year. Oh. Bahrain is not a oh oh not oh, not the very Saudi Arabia the Saudi Arabia Jeddah Jeddah so Jeddah would I, be the other one so yes okay I don't necessarily think of that one as one but it is one no that's fair so in May we covered the triple crown of motorsport can you tell me what three things three events make up the triple crown of motorsport and for a bonus point who is the only driver to have done it. So you have the Indy 500, Monaco, and Le Mans. Yep. Jack, Jack Villeneuve? I don't remember who was the only one that's done it. Hannah, fill us in. Fangio. Right? No. No. It was an earlier one, wasn't it? Yeah. He is the father of one of the Sky Pundits. Damon Hill? Well, his dad, but yeah. Paul. Oh. What's his dad's name? Hill, yeah. his dad. Graham Hill. Yeah, Graham Hill is the only person to have ever done the triple crown of my sport so well done him okay i knew it was one of the earlier ones but i couldn't remember which one yeah yeah it's not been done for a very very long time there's a few people who have two or three but mm-hmm. no one who has all three yet now can you name three different makes of safety car with a bonus if you can get the first one now this was back in a safety episode i think we did this uh, in the lead up to canada and we did cover some specifics. I appreciate it's a little bit niche, but this was one of my Hannah's questions that was like, oh, but this is fun. So can this you is name the that make? I came up with, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kurt wants a Mercedes, but... right? <laughs> right? Yep, the Kurt wants a Mercedes. Was one a Lamborghini or did I make that up? No, Correct. you did. The purple Lamborghini. I feel like I, re- I, feel like I reacted to, I remember my reaction being like, well, there was a Lambo. I was okay. Yep. <sighs> Porsche, but I don't know on the third one. That's correct. That's your bonus That's point. Right. There you go. Yeah. So, so the Porsche, this, well, you tell us, Anna. So the Porsche was a Porsche 914, which, fun fact, my dad does have one um, from 1973. Ooh. It's his project car. It sits on stilts right now. It just got a new radio. Ooh. <laughs> the purple Lamborghini was a one off for Monaco. It was an Aventador, mm-hmm. I believe. Or okay, was I, I remember this. It was a Cantage, because Aventadors didn't exist back then. Hmm. And that was in the 80s. And then the Mercedes team, I guess, or Mercedes manufacturers struck a deal, and they've gone through multiple iterations of the Mercedes uh, safety car landing on the AMG 1, I believe it's now called. And now you have the alternating with the Aston Martin Vantage. So, yes. Well, too. Okay, I'm actually pretty proud of how well I've done so far because it hasn't I'm been. I'm really proud of how well you've done. Big questions may or may not get harder, but we're I'm sure they get harder. So you know, I'm, t- I'm, I'm taking it now. I take it. Absolutely take it. Okay. 
Which year marked the inaugural Formula One World Championship season? All right, time to channel my inner, my, my inner sub. Am I going to be it? No, but here we are. 1946. 40. Jesus Damn it. Jesus what was it? Is it 42 19, or 43? 1950. Ah. Yep. Yeah. 1950. So we have had 73 years of racing. It's a long time. Okay, moving on. What does DRS stand for in Formula One? And what advantage does it give a car? Drag reduction system? Yep. Okay. I was going to give multiple answers for this one, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the main okay. one that we would talk about would be DRS. And what okay. advantage does it give to the car? More sp- Obviously reduces drag. Does that help, like, create... I know it creates more speed, but I forget in what ways. Downforce, I want to say. So we talked about this in our physics episode. The DRS flap sits on the back of the car, and it is activated in the DRS zone to reduce drag and give the car anywhere from 12 to 18 more horsepower, 12 probably being the Williams and the Alphas, both Alphas. Um, and then the 18 being the exact number that we were given for the Red Bulls. So it See, really I they hit 20 at one point. They may have hit 20 depending on the track, but the yeah. average was 18. Yeah. Jesus. Um, new but fun yeah. fact that I learned. Um, oh, yeah. The reason, so I learned this from Grand Tour because I've been watching Grand Tour recently. The reason they hang the DRS flap instead of supporting it is because it actually pushes down more. There's more downforce underneath the wing. So if you were to support it upwards like a regular mm-hmm. street car, it doesn't it actually breaks the downforce. If you have it hang off oh. of the pillar, it actually keeps the necessary downforce while reducing drag. Yep. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yes, that is exact that is the answer what you're looking for. Your drag redu- reduction system. So related to that, this goes back to one of our episodes that we did on the difference between, well, it was, it was when we were talking a lot about downforce, actually, but we talked about power tracks and other, other sorts of tracks. So on a power track, would you want higher downforce or lower downforce? Oh, no. And can you name this, sort of related to that, which helps to explain it, can you name any of the features of what you're likely to see at a power track? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, what were the options again? Higher, <laughs> higher downforce or lower downforce on a power track? Higher downforce. That's my answer. <laughs> okay, answer. can you name any of the features of a power track? I'm, is okay. Is Monza considered a power track? Okay, yeah. is it just like the long straights and like the types of curves? Han, do you want to take this? So power tracks are Monza. Bahrain is like a mixture track. Vegas is a power track. Spa. Spa is a power track. It's a track where there aren't as many large, or sorry, sharper turns to have to throw the back end of the car around. So the reason you want lower, you want low drag, and it really depends if you want high downforce, because downforce is always going to slow you down. But if your car Mm -hmm. is powerful, you might need the downforce to balance out that power. So... It really depends on the car. That being said, usually we go for a lower downforce because you don't need it to throw the back end of the car around the corner. 
Yeah, the the power of the car becomes the important thing because because of the long straights, like you said, at Monza Spa, Baku, was it Baku or Bahrain? Bahrain. Bahrain. You go down the long straights at full throttle, basically. It's foot to the floor, absolutely flying. So, yeah, typically it is one where you probably want to have a little bit lower downforce on that one. But that was that one was probably one of the more tricky ones. Hopefully this okay. one won't be. So one of the things that you are required to have to drive in F1 is a super license. Can you name three of the requirements to get a super license to compete in F1? Remember, some of these are going to be as standard as you think. So don't assume they're all really complicated reasons. We did this. I actually think we did this the first time around. <laughs> we did this before. Episode, and you got most of them at that point. So I have every faith that you will continue to get them for this one. So super license. Give me three requirements if you can. You have to be 18. Thank you, Max Verstappen, for that one. Mm-hmm. You have to have a license of like the country you are driving from. So like if you're a British driver, British license, all that yep. fun stuff. And then your super license points. It's twenty. Is it twenty five for the practice license? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then like 30, 40 points for like the actual, like be able to drive an F one car in a race, right? Perfect. There's one more thing. Yeah. Well, I said give me three. There's okay. several. I've got okay. nine things, but yeah. that was the three that was. Hannah, shoot us some other ones. But you said so. I'm, let me. I've been keeping track of your points too. <laughs> so you said. 18 driver's license super point uh, super license points right you said yep. that much so you need to take mm-hmm. a practical test yep for theory yep you need to that's the one that i was talking about it's a practical test for theory because i find it hilarious that you need to do yep. a theory, theory test and your driving test there's no driving test it's just a theory test and then you need to have been you need to have been in the support series right at some point. You have to have completed at least 80% of two full seasons in yes. a single seat championship. Yep. Yeah. And your points are only good for the three years after they've been yep. earned. So yep. They've made a slight adjustment to that one this year because of COVID. So they've yep. covered the last four years. So you can include the 2020 season in that, which is how Pato Award has got his super license to be F1 reserve driver for McLaren because they let him include the 2020 points. The other three that we haven't mentioned are hold an international grade A competition license, compete 300 kilometers in a representative F1 car over no more than two days as part of like an official F1 season in a test, things like that. And then the final one is you have to pay the money. You've got to pay the dollar, which, well, actually it's rumored to be around 1 million euros, but that was back in 2012. So I'd imagine it's gone up now. Yeah, although, well, so here's the interesting thing is that that you might be thinking that I don't know if that's actually a requirement for the super license. I think that's just a requirement for entry to Formula One. Yeah, but the it, the sort of implication being in order to race and have a super license, you would also need the dollar. Oh, that was good. I was impressed. Very well done. Next question. Then. What question are we on? And this is probably one of my I don't know. I don't have numbers next to my questions. I'm really sorry. I can count down for you if you like. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I'll go back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We're on number twelve. Really technologically advanced over here at the shakedown. Clearly. So what did I just say? Am I on number Mm twelve? Yes. Okay. Number twelve. 
this was one of my favorite moments of recording thus far was when we asked you this question in the first place so i'm hoping it was such a momentous occasion that the answer stuck what is the wall of champions isn't that a specific wall in canada that everyone that has won a championship has hit that's like Mm -hmm. crash into at some point and on, just just for the, those who maybe haven't heard the original Canada episode, what did you think the Wall of Champions was? <laughs> I thought it was like a little nice moment in Canada where they had like kind of like a Hall of Fame building or like an actual wall where they put like winners of like the race or like the champions of F1 that have won the like drivers that have won. A can- no, no, they said, nah, actually you wrong. Nah, fam. we be savage. No, it's a wall that everyone crashes into that has won the driver's championship. <laughs> they just always crash. And I was like, damn, I thought it was going to be a cute moment. Nope. This is I a real it. one. I absolutely love not, it. not a serious sport here. Okay. We're not a serious sport. Clearly. <laughs> always here for the fun. Okay, number 13 then. Who won the 24 hours of Le Mans this year? Ferrari. Yay. Woo. They won something. Proud of them. We found the brain cell. And Giorgio Giovanotti and the other two. <laughs> and who knew? It, yeah, it could be the strategy race. Shocking. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Okay, number 14. What does the term understeer mean in Formula One? I told you there'd be a spattering of simpler questions, but also, you know, we are a learning podcast. There's some stuff that we've all had to learn. This was definitely one that I had to learn this year. Now, there's a brilliant sketch by Rich Hammond about understeer crashing into a tree which if you've not seen i really recommend a tree, it rolling down a hill that man is a, <laughs> a mess yep but he does describe understeer quite well so mom can you answer what does it mean what does understeer mean when you do it in an f1 car i'm trying to think back to the, the times we've talked about it but also like the videos i've seen of drivers talking about it and like how they like talk about it with like the steering wall i feel like like understeers like if you turn like the like the steering wheel whatever way it's not turning as it so you so you can force it more i don't know yeah i'd say we give her that that's that's pretty wrong. Let, me, let me follow it with a slightly related but a little bit different question in understeer which set of tires lose grip front or back rear is it the no. front tires mm-hmm. damn Oh, out oversears of rear tires, right? And then understeers are front. Think about it. Remember, we talked about Tokyo Drifts and how they purposely <laughs> oversteer to get that tail flick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's because the back end of the car is losing the grip. <sighs> Your understeer is when the front end of the car loses grip. Car has reduced responsiveness when you're turning, and then you mm. have understeer. Mm. I see. No, they stood. We're still learning. We're all still learning. It's a big thing that we say on our podcast all the way through is oh, we never want to stop learning. So this is good. We're revisiting stuff. Because, I mean, gosh, we we did understeer, what, June? A long time ago. Yeah. But long I'm going to give her ago. that one. She did get it right, technically speaking. I'm going to give her that one. Yeah. We're going to give it you. Okay. Technicalities. Hey, own it. Give me <laughs> points. Question 15. Which two drivers have raced under the number zero? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask which number was 44 because I struggled with that one. But here we go. We can go back to that. We, you know, we, we believe <laughs> no, that you I, now know who driver number 44 is. I mean, I would hope, I would hope I know who that is. Frost. I don't know. I'm sure we're not names now. Hmm. So the zero, if you remember back to our driver numbers episode, was used when the driver champion 
didn't race in the year following winning the championship. This was back when numbers weren't chosen, back pre-2014, mm-hmm. where the numbers were just given in sequential order to the person who won. But only the champion can race with number one. So this was where a champion retired rather than carrying on. So the two that ha- it happened with were Senna and Prost. They both happened in sequential order, I think. Uh, I think there might have been a year between them, but I'll look. Please do. And they were both, the number zero was taken by the same driver in both of those instances and then another driver in. So it was not Senna. So Senna and Prost were the ones that won and retired. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. That's what it meant anyway. I don't know if that's what I said, but that was, those were the two instances. Do you know which driver took over their seat in both of those instances? One of them no. we know and see every weekend. One of them you wouldn't know. Or you hear him every weekend. He was the son of the Triple Crown winner. Oh, Damon Hill? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hannah, do you want to give us the other one? Jody it Schechter. is a bit more of a left. Yeah, it's a bit more left field. Yep. Yeah. It, we, we mentioned it on our original episode when we talked about the driver numbers, but that one was a bit more of a left field one. So yeah, I'm not Damon Hill probably any, the most like, I'm not seeing any years in the article I have pulled up, but that's okay. Um, it was both in the 90s, though. So I've got the t- numbers written down somewhere, but I can't find them. Right. Okay. I uh, forget what number I'm on. I want to say 16. So number 16. How many sprint races were there in 2023? Seven? I want to say seven. Seven or six. It's one of those. It is one of those. You are right. Seven. I'm going with seven. I'm going to say I'm saying seven. We had Baku. We had Austria. We had Spa, we had Qatar, we had Austin, and we had Brazil. So yes, we have we have six we had six of them uh, this year, which was fun. I thought some of them were really brilliant. I will get on to later. We have got the confirmed sprint races for twenty twenty four, but that's for the end of the quiz. Okay, moving on to IndyCar. We obviously did a couple of episodes in IndyCar, partly because you went. You had a fantastic time. And so I thought I'd throw in a few IndyCar questions for you as well. Oh, no. So what three slash four types of track are there in IndyCar? Over, oval, like road course that's like permanent and like a street course. Yep. And the ovals kind of, the reason I say three or four is because technically, yes, there's those three. But then you've got like the super speedways and the short ways. ovals. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be like, oh, there's three if you gave the answer of four. So I thought I'd put both in there for it. But yes, absolutely right. So question maybe 18. I really should put something up. <laughs> what two times of the year are F1 team factories shut down? Two times of the year? The summer mm-hmm. break and then the Christmas break, basically. Kind of like a Christmas break as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Christmas break is new. Remember that. So mm-hmm. The official must shut down of the Christmas break is new. Yeah, it's a 2022 thing, I think we said, maybe 2023. So, yeah, that was a new one, which um happy for the teams for, particularly after this year. So, moving on then to F1 Academy. F1 Academy saw Marta Garcia win the first ever year of, of F1 Academy. But who was the team's winner in 2023? Was it, is it Prima or MP Motorsport? Prima. was Prima. It was between them two, but I figured Prima won at the end. Yep. They did. They did in part because Marta fantastic. Yeah, Marta had a fantastic final weekend. So props to her. Good job. 
Now, we talked a lot before Singapore. I think Singapore's one that just you and I did. I feel like kind of might not have been there for that. I think but so. We talked about sitting in Singapore. We talked about a few big issues that really affect driver training for Singapore. We see all their first tracks, we see all their ice baths. But what are the big issues that affect driver training for Singapore? Give me one of them. There's a couple. The humidity and like the heat of it is one. Hydration levels can be, you know, when you can throw in there just because they have to do it like in preparation for the week of. It's not they're going to sit there like two days before the race and chug all the water they need to it. So they need to be smart about that. And then the time of it, because isn't, isn't it like one of the longest race or the longest race of the year? Mm-hmm. And it's at night, so they have to massively adjust their body clock, similar to what we ended up seeing for Vegas, actually, as well, um, because those two are the pure night races, as opposed to you've got Abu Dhabi, which finishes in the dark, but starts in the daylight, so not technically a full night race. So, yeah, perfect. Now, this one, I apologise if this one might be a little bit too hard, but I have faith in you. So, can you name three of the races in WEP? So, World Endurance Championships, a lot of different options. One of them, a big famous one. Can you name any of the other races in <laughs> WEP? So, Le Mans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bahrain. Yeah, eight hours of Bahrain. Spa one? Yeah, 24 hours of Spa. Do you remember how many hours in Spa? Oh, Hannah's at 24. I just said it. So, Hannah said it. It's actually, it's actually, this year, it's actually only six hours of spa. Oh, really? In the official championships, yeah, it's the six hours of spa. We've got quite a lot. Most of them are six-hour ones. So you've got six hours of Portimao, Spa, Monza, Fuji, Sao Paulo, Imola. So a lot of the European circuits, plus a few others, are six-hour ones. You've got eight hours of Bahrain. You've got the Qatar 1812, you've got the 1,000 miles of Sebring, and then a new one the next year, or not a new one in totally, but returning to the calendar for 2024, you have the Lone Star Le Mans, which is the Circuit of the Americas. Going to Austin in September, I want to say. Yep. I looked into it. Which is exciting. So yeah, well done. Now, this is probably my favourite question. That scares me. No, 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 just it's a fun question. So back in the summer break, we did conspiracies and controversies. And it was one of my favorite episodes. If you haven't listened to it and you're listening now, please go back and check it out because it's just a lot of fun theories and hilarious things, the moments that happened across F1 over the years. But we talked in in that episode about the famous incident in Monaco in twenty in 2004, where a diamond promoting Oceans 12 went missing from the front of an F1 car. Can you tell me what team car was the diamond on? Jaguar. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Very good. Yes. Like I said, one of my favorites. Okay. We did a lot before Spa this year about safety. Learning about all the safety improvements that have come in across the years. I distinctly remember your very shocked face at certain things that came in probably far later than all of us would have liked. But can you tell me? What is the name of the safety device that goes around the cockpit to protect the driver's head in the event of flying debris or a load on top of it? A halo. Yes. Very good. I was going to do a Beyonce impression, but I just don't think I can do it justice. So consider it, picture it in your mind's eye and enjoy Beyonce's rendition rather than mine. So looking at our F1 history then, which team has won the most Constructors' Championships in F1 history. Ferrari. 
Yeah. Okay, thank God. <laughs> how many? Can you tell me how many? Ten? No. Think, think, more of, think of think of it's kind of an it's kind of a fun little number that matches right now. Is it twenty-three? No. Sixteen. Oh. Okay. Oh, it does match. Okay, I see it now. I see. I see where you're going. <laughs> I did not go there. Okay. Three more questions to go. No, four more questions to go. Sorry, I can't count. What is the name of the driver's union of which George Russell is the student body president? I actually don't know this. Just give Can the you give me the name? I really don't. I don't. I can't even think of an acronym right now. Like I don't know. I actually don't know this one. I think you do. I think as soon as we say it, you'll be like, "Oh, yeah." Probably, but we've like I can't. It, we've talked about it a few times. Hannah, can have. you tell us what is, is the Grand, Grand Prix is the Grand Prix Drivers Association or the GPDA? Okay, I knew Drivers Association. I wasn't sure of the first two letters. I was like, I am. Yeah. Yep, that is our student body president George Russell, <laughs> head of the GPDA. So, which circuit is known as the Temple of Speed in Formula One? Monza. Yep, Monza. Very good. Zoom, zoom. Someone says Temple of Speed. I think of that game. I don't know if you guys had it over in America. Did you play Temple yeah. Run? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I had it on my <laughs> old iPad until I got rid of it. Yeah, it's one of those mm. that like, I don't think it would exist on any device now because it's too old. I think it's, it's still old, in the app store. Yeah, it's but not in the story. same way. That's true. It's not like mm. it's not formatted properly for the thing. But oh man, every time someone says Temple of Speed, I'm like, <laughs> Temple Run. <laughs> I was addicted to that <laughs> game. Are you kidding? Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game. It was a good game. Okay, so penultimate question: How many miles is the Indy 500? 500. Trick <laughs> <laughs> question. Well, not a trick question, but you know, like I mean, said, I'm coming there. I just thought it was a funny question. I was like, <laughs> "That's hilarious." Imagine if it wasn't. Imagine it was like the Indy Five Hundred was five hundred k, and so you had to convert it and be like, "Well, it's three hundred miles." Doesn't really make sense, yeah, would that... it? Mm-mm. Okay. And your final question. Bonus points for this round, maybe. Who is the youngest Formula One world champion? Sebastian Vettel. Yay! Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Hannah, give us the scores on the doors. So, Mon has 22 points. Great. Uh, 20 qu- 28 questions. That's pretty good going. You know, mm-hmm. that's a passing grade. I passed. I, I'm passing proud grade. of that. That's pa- I passed. That's, that's cool. That's great. That's all I Which needed. is good. And I feel comforted, Hannah, that maybe we've not done such an awful job in trying to explain things this year which i have to give you props to for all the complicated stuff we did good mostly because the ones that she didn't get i didn't know half the answers to like the first two you looked at me like i should know the answers (laughs) (laughs) and yeah there are a few that when i tested some of these on hannah before we started recording before you joined us when we were going through like planning and stuff she didn't know the answer to all of them either she does now because we went through them but we did really good you did really Bless. good. I didn't do you fail. Have any do you have any questions where you're like, oh, I think you guys should know this, or anything that you're like, this is one of the biggest things I've learned this year? I mean, I learned a lot about tires this year so far. <laughs> I yeah, I deliberately didn't put any tire questions. About in. tires before this? No idea. Absolutely no idea. So, if anything, I learned a lot about that. But also, like, 
I may not know like all like the super technical stuff or like I explain it in the same way, but like Hannah and the way you and Hannah have explained some of like the technical stuff that comes to like Dan Force or like all this other stuff. I do understand mm-hmm. it better now than when I started yeah. for sure. And I think a lot of it isn't about necessarily being able to explain it in a quiz or in a question. It's just knowing that when you watch something, it makes more sense. So I know that downforce to me, I, I I don't know that I'd necessarily be able to explain the intricacies of the physics in the same way that Hannah can. But what it has helped is that unless you're Max Verstappen, chances are if you lose the end plate off the end, because that affects downforce, you're going to struggle with performance. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of stuff where it's like, I don't need in that moment to know the aerodynamic impact. All I know is that there is an impact and that's useful to me as someone watching. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's always about being able to necessarily explain technical bits and props to the people who can off the top of their head. I definitely need those. But yeah, I also Arx. have learned so much. So, so, so much from doing this. Which I say this like we're finishing. We're not. We're not going anywhere. We've just launched a side quest. <laughs> But it's fun to recap at the end of the 2023 season officially and see how our learning's gone this year. Hannah, what's been your favorite thing to teach? Oh, definitely the, so, okay. Definitely the physics episode because I actually got to like get like super nerdy about it and draw little diagrams for you guys. (laughs) Those were very helpful. And then probably also the driver marketing episode because you guys let me go on a rant and you didn't stop me <laughs> Why would I, I also i really enjoyed the vegas marketing episode but because you'd done it i didn't have any notes on it so i couldn't do any questions from it that's the same with the driver marketing one for the ones where you did a lot of the notes mm-hmm. i was a bit like oh i don't have the notes to write a question that i would be convinced was right so yeah but if you want to throw us a question from either of those two off the top of your head i'm game Hmm. Putting on the spot now. So you're putting oh, me on the spot. And I don't know if there. The thing is, is that you can't really. I don't want to throw you guys like a downforce question because I can't. I only can like come up with like the science. Oh, it was more the marketing ones. Um, yeah, marketing ones are kind of more like you would need to write an essay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I don't really want to make guys write an essay that's verbal. I so. appreciate that so much. Yeah. Oh well. Yet. That is our quiz. Well done, Mon. Very proud of you. Mm. And we thought we'd just finish the episode with a little bit of a newsy roundup of stuff that's happened today, this week, bits and bobs of news, and also to give you a little bit of a heads up of kind of where we're going next week. So, first of all, piece of news that we had today is that we have confirmation that the Spanish GP from 2026 will not be taking place in Barcelona anymore, in the circuit of Catalonia. It will be a street circuit, love those, mm. in Madrid. So from 2026, it's going to go around an existing circuit and then have a bit extra. But that's going to be in Madrid now rather than in Catalonia from 2026. Thoughts? Interesting. Good, bad, indifferent? It's another street circuit. Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I know that like I am one of those people that's like, give it a chance. But my God, are we going to abandon all the tracks? Like... I think it's interesting to see another European street circuit because the only one we have at the moment is Monaco. Typically, the rest of the street circuits are on tracks that are in further flung places of the world, to me anyway. Obviously, we've got two in America, Mm -hmm. quite a few in the Middle East and then Australia. 
But it's interesting to me to see another European street circuit because I do think there are nuances to it. And Madrid is a busy city. I think it's slightly on the outskirts. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we've got a few years of that before, of Catalonia before then. So yeah, I guess we'll see. The other thing that we've had confirmed today is we have had confirmation of the calendar for 2024. So what we that means we have, mm. we have Brent races confirmed, races confirmed. I think we said when we first did our episode in 2020 about the 2024 calendar, the logistics don't all make sense. I understand there are some weather constraints. I understand there are certain races that have paid to have them at certain times, but there are definitely some logistics that don't make sense. Don't make sense. So our sprint races for 2024 are confirmed at the following places. In April, we have one in China. In May, we have one in Miami. In June, we have one in Austria. In October, we have one in Austin. In November, or at the beginning of November, we have one in Brazil. And at the end of November, beginning of December, we have one in Qatar. The year also finishes with two triple headers. So USA, Mexico, Brazil, and then Las Vegas, Qatar, Abu Dhabi. Thoughts? There should not be triple headers back to back. At Um, the end of the year as well. Why would you put them at the end of the year? That's the first thing that stands out to me. It's. I do understand the the austin mexico brazil to an extent logistically makes sense vegas qatar abu dhabi and bearing in mind that there's there's two sprint weekends in the first triple header and one sprint weekend in the second triple header and it's all happening at the end logistically to me doesn't make sense also baku's at the end of the year yeah, so Baku and Singapore are at the end of the year, partly because of, of Ramadan, where that falls, partly because of the move of Japan earlier in the year. So there's there's a few that are Saturday races as well because of, of Ramadan. I think Bahrain, Jeddah, I think that's it. And then obviously Vegas is a Saturday race as well. But I'm not thrilled with some of the logistics of it. I think it's going to be really mm-hmm. difficult. There are conversations already happening about how the teams are going to manage this whether or not they're going to make it a requirement that not all team members do every single race there's complexities of that within the cost cap because it's can teams afford to pay multiple different staff can they afford mm-hmm. to give bonuses to staff for how much they're working and all of that i do think there are some genuine concerns about it but like i said we do have the confirmed calendar for next year now miami is a, as a sprint race Thoughts, Hannah? I mean, it's a sprint race. Listen, like I said last week, being there, it was great. The atmosphere is awesome. However, the racing in Formula One itself is not the best. There's passing and there are things that happen, but it's not something that is like Zanvor crazy. That being said, other... um other series that are there the gt3 cars great racing always mm-hmm. always something going on like yeah always yep the but track also itself might need to be modified they might modify it and i guess we'll see i am concerned china being a sprint race being there's a, like a fifth of the grid have never raced there and yeah. they're going to get one practice session and then straight in even the rest of the grid haven't raced there in three years is by the time we get there so i'm actually concerned i don't think necessarily that's the best choice and i am surprised i guess that only one european race is a sprint race 
but I guess that's potentially because you have more feeder series at the European races because it's logistically easier for them to do that. So that could be why that is. We also don't have confirmation on the sprint format for next year yet. The expectation is that it may be Friday qualifying for the sprint, Saturday morning sprint race, Saturday afternoon qualifying for the race, Sunday morning race. That's probably what we're expecting, but we shall see. So yeah, that's 2024 calendar stuff. My final piece of news for us leads very nicely into what we're going to talk about next week. So the new formerly Alfa Romeo team is getting a new name. Now, Alfa Romeo has gone as a title sponsor. I can't remember where they're going. They're going to maybe to one of the other teams, but I don't remember which one off the top of my head. But we do know that on the 10th of December, which is the Sunday after this episode will be released, the FIA will announce the list of 2024 entries. What we're expecting there is to see the new name for Alfa Romeo and the new name for what's currently called Alfa Tauri, even though we expect that to be racing balls. And so we're going to see those probably next week, which is really cool, which is exciting. So what we're going to do is in an episode next week, we're going to talk about the history of team names, how different teams came to be who they are, what team was this team. So a few we've mentioned, we've talked about Braun, We've talked about Jaguar and how those came down a pipeline. But I think it's just a really interesting one to kind of understand the wider history of the sport and how some teams came to be new teams and which teams have stayed consistent and stayed the same, of which there are probably three that I can think of that have been the same all the way through. But I won't spoil it for you. Tune in next week and you can find all of that out. Anybody got any more thoughts, questions, comments? Yeah, that's why I say I'm not I'm not sure on when the other two came into being, but like I said, we will cover that in the future. Now the only other news I had is F three related. Technically related to our side quest, so I'll save that for later. So yeah. Enjoy the side quest guys. Enjoy this episode. If you have any other questions you want us to ask Moni, please send them through. We take them gratefully. Um <laughs> uh, we can have a quiz money session every week. Who knows? And that would be an interesting segment to have, not gonna lie. <laughs> I think it would be a great segment to have. Quiz money. And we will see you all next week for team name history. Bye for now. Don't, don't. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any questions on anything we discussed today, or there are topics you'd love to learn about with us in the future, then we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch on Instagram at PrettyGirlF1 Club and on Twitter at PGF1C or follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. See you soon!